All right. Welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscasts. I'm Caleb, and with me, as always, is Brandon. And as we have been weathering through the year that is 2020, um, some things have not uh, aged as well or survived. And that currently is the state of Michigan football, where they have not canceled one. They have not canceled two, but they have canceled three games to end their 2020 football season. Um, that's uh, being noted here quickly at the beginning of the episode, and we'll get more in depth into that later. But uh, yeah, so that's just kind of a beautiful example of how 2020 weirdness has been going on. And this is going to be kind of an interesting episode. We will have a little bit of announcement at the end. So you'll want to make sure to stick through before we sign off to make sure that you catch up everything and keep up to date on uh, that being said we get to have our lovely time now discussing the amazing wonderful lions <laughs> and this previous weekend's game so brandon what do you got for us oh man it's exactly what i expected um aaron Rodgers. Torch the Lions like he always does. Um, he went 26 for 33 for 290 yards, three passing touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown. Uh, Aaron Jones was the lead rusher. He had 15 carries for 69 yards. Uh, Devontae Adams tore up the Lions again with seven receptions for 115 yards and a touchdown. Marquez Valdez Scantling. He had six receptions for 85 yards on a touchdown. And Robert Tanyan, the uh, tight end, had the other touchdown for the Packers. Um, not why I didn't mention this before, but the score was 31-24 Packers. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, Darnell Savage, Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, and Rashawn Gary all had sacks. Hey, that's a name everybody should recognize. Yeah. Doing something that he never did at Michigan, and then let's get sacks. <laughs> that <laughs> happened. <laughs> so, for the Lions, um, Matthew Stafford went 24 for 34 for 244 and a touchdown. And then he left the game early with a rib injury, so he's probably not going to play next week. Uh, Chase Daniel came in and uh, he did okay, I guess, but I mean, by that point, it was already the game was already kind of out of reach. Mm-hmm. The sc- I mean, honestly, the score is closer than the game was. Uh, DeAndre Swift was a leading rusher. He had seven carries for twenty-four yards and a touchdown. Carry uh, on Johnson also had a rushing touchdown. Danny Amendola was their leading receiver, six receptions for sixty-six yards, and T.J. Hawkinson had a touchdown. Um, that play that Hawkinson scored on was pretty cool. Did you yeah. see that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the shovel pass, that, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, and Alliance had zero sacks. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like they don't have a pass rush, and they refuse to address it. Hmm. That is crazy. <laughs> How is that possible? Right? Yeah. Um. 
and the Packers have a pass rush, and Lions offensive line isn't that great. Uh, they have Frank Ragnall at center. He's really good. And then they have uh, Decker at left tackle, and he's okay. And the rest of the guys are kind of just jabronis. <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of how it's about too. That's another thing that they kind of ignored. Uh, you know, outside of drafting Ragnall and Decker in the first round. Uh, well, I guess, you know, that Jonah Jackson, the the left guard that they got from Ohio State, he's not bad. He's a rookie, so he's got some time. Yeah, well, you know, everything, every week when we talk about the Lions, it's always about how they've impressed us. So, Oh, yeah, for sure. But um, I can say that they were out there kind of energetic, which is something he didn't really see with Matt Patricia as a coach. Yeah, it did seem a little different. And honestly, I was a little surprised that uh, a little bit just because the Packers are blatantly better than the Lions, a little bit at how close it was at then. I mean, the Lions are notorious for that. So I wasn't shocked, but I was a little surprised at how they were yeah. kind of hanging around. Yeah. Um, I guess yesterday. Uh, I guess if people are listening, this would be two days ago. Uh, the Lions had some big news. They announced that they signed um, former Lions linebacker Chris Spielman as a special, was he like a assistant for the uh, president, uh, CEO, and um, owner or something like that? no clue exactly what it was classified as so <laughs> yeah basically i i kind of take that as he is going to be groomed to be the general manager one day that's kind of how i felt um okay. so he's going to be there kind of i mean super knowledgeable guy super very very smart guy you can tell just from like his commentary that he gives during games mm-hmm. uh, and very passionate and a guy that just loves the lions which i mean is kind of rare to come by um you know even I, i've said it for years that it just blew my mind that chris spielman wasn't coaching somewhere mm-hmm. or even like as a general manager because his brother is the general manager of the vikings okay um and a guy that when he played you know, he might not have been the most athletic guy in the world, but he was like 100% determination and heart. Like, played hard all the time, even if the lines were getting blown out. Um, you know, first guy first guy there, last guy to leave kind of thing. Just yeah. super passionate, hardworking, blue-collar guy. And, you know, that's why he's one of the most loved lines of all time. And... Man, I, I don't know if you ever watched that a football life that NFL Network has. No, talk about um, different players' careers. Uh, the one I did on Chris Spielman is really good, and um, you get kind of like an insight of how you know intelligent he is, how much he knows about the game, and how passionate he is about football. So, I don't know, I think it's one of the better moves the Lions have made in a long time. Um, on top of that, I, I believe, too, that they brought Barry Sanders in as kind of a similar role. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
So they're basically going to help out trying to find a a coach and a GM. Um, Spielman said that those are like his two priorities and like the only thing he's focusing on right now. Well, I, I know you're talking about how smart he is, his football IQ and his passion and everything, but I don't think it's going to make that kind of difference because how can he surpass the football IQ and passion and intensity of Martha Ford? <laughs> right. Um, like that's, uh, that's a tall order and I just don't think it's going to make a difference. I, I will say that really the only strike that I have against Chris Spielman is that he went to Ohio state. <laughs> but my, my dad always said, even when I was a kid that he's the only Buckeye that I like. <laughs> Nice. He's more of a lion than a Buckeye. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Yeah, I. uh, It sounds interesting. It's it's got a little bit of. uh, I take a little bit of optimism away from that, but I mean, kind of, you know, being a fan of the Lions, you take what you can get because no, nothing is ever gonna be at least for some time, that huge change where everything suddenly shifts. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like you see that more in college football because, you know, players come and go within a specific time period. But uh, I don't know. You never know. And so I, I like him too, so I will definitely be interested to see how it goes and specifically where he goes with the organization. Yeah, I'm... Yeah, I'm hoping that he can bring some of his knowledge, not even of just like um, the NFL, but also different coaches and personnel within the league, because he pretty much knows everybody. Mm-hmm. So, and he's well respected by everybody in the league and everybody in football, basically. Yeah. Time will tell. So. Might be the second best thing to come out of 2020 for the Lions. Yeah. First thing was getting rid of Matt Patricia. (laughs) And Bob Quinn. Oh, yeah. I kind of packaged that into one thing. Yeah. Uh, So, I mean, that's pretty much all we got since Michigan refuses to play and we're happy about it. Yeah, I'm I'm (laughs) definitely not disappointed by it. Like when... (laughs) I was kind of like, oh, you know, one last game. It's not going to be Ohio State, so it might not be a complete beat down. Then everybody's like, oh, it's a night game against Iowa. It's just like, hey, whatever. You know, it's not going to be Ohio State, so shouldn't even be all that bad. And who knows, maybe Michigan came around better. But, uh, yeah, they canceled it, and I just kind of shrugged my shoulders and, like, that's okay. I'm okay with 2020 being done for Michigan. <laughs> they could have canceled the season after the Michigan State game and <laughs> that would have been okay. Right. But anyways, there are, there is other college football. Uh there are more things for us to talk about, but yeah, there's no recap to do or anything. So, man, this has just been such a weird year and it kind of irks me a little bit with and I I went off on it last time about just kind of not just the quality of sports in general, but you know, I don't know. It if Usually I don't think of podcasting and it's grinding, but man, this year has definitely been a grind. So oh, yeah, I'm looking yeah, for sure. 
I'm looking forward to putting it behind us and moving forward. So, um, well, what we will probably go ahead and do since there isn't a Michigan football game to preview is that we will uh, take a moment to talk about Michigan football and then we will do the lines preview and finish up with things as per usual and to get things started like we normally do uh, we go with the voicemails so that I don't forget and uh, we've got two this week, so let's go ahead and get started with those. What's up, y'all? You know who it is. Um, get right to it, man. So uh, a few things I wanted to touch. I hope I can touch them all on this Michigan-less football Saturday. Uh, but shout-out to Michigan State for losing. All right, that's enough of that. Um, I- I'm actually – and, and Caleb, I sent you the, I retweeted it so you can see it. Um, and Andre Seldon Jr., you know, was talking about two freshman cornerbacks playing at LSU. Two freshmen. And, and, you know, it, it was it a, a subtle jab at Michigan? I, I believe so. Because we, we, we see gray and green. Now, I've, I've said enough about them this year. I don't really want to talk about them anymore, you know. Josh Mattelis 2.0 and Josh Mattelis 2.1. I, I, you know, what's said is said, man. But one of the things I did want to touch on is the fact that a lot of these players I'm hearing are going to transfer. I hope he done. I hope Selden Jr. done. But there are going to be some transfers. I'm I'm really getting an uneasy feeling about this this contract situation. I really am. I don't. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not going to pretend to know. What I do know is that if Jim Harbaugh really wants to bet on himself, he'll sign the contract and get those incentives. Because it's like now the administration is saying, you don't hold us hostage anymore. We need you to win. We need you to hire better um, coaches and assistants. So bet on yourself. But you're going to have to earn this money instead of being given $8 million for nothing. He's truly earned. He's earned nothing. He's been given a lot of stuff because of his past reputation as a player and an NFL coach. He's done nothing in Michigan. He's won 70% of his games or 60% or whatever. Okay, you keep losing the, the games that matter. So it's time to get new coaches in there. But I also wanted to touch on the fact that if these players do leave, like how do you replace that? The culture is an issue with Michigan. Jim Harbaugh is his biggest enemy. He's his own worst enemy. He's his biggest problem, his ego. His ego is just that big, and he thinks that he's got it all figured out. You know, I was talking to um, a person I trust, and and he he I put up a tweet about this too. I, I tagged James Yoder in it. I, I mean, I don't care what people say about Yoder, I like him. But Jim Harbaugh is costing kids millions of dollars before they go in the draft. And that's why a lot of people leave or they don't want to come to Michigan because they're not developing. So he's costing players millions of dollars. And and I put that up, and I wanted to know what you guys thought about that because if 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 you want some of the best players in the country to come to your school, you have to show them that they're going to produce and they're going to be better at Michigan. They're going to develop. So what say you all about? All right, Stephen, thank you for that voicemail. Um, yeah, we can jump into that question here before we get to the second one. Um, and, well, Brandon, do you, do you want to comment on it first or – um, yeah, I mean, I agree with what he's saying. Um, uh, 
you know, Harbaugh has not been able to really develop any of the talent that he has been given. Uh, gosh, dude, you look at the drafts, you know, they've had some offensive and defensive linemen turn out okay in the NFL, but the majority of the guys drafted really haven't done much or they've been kind of just the same as they were in college. Uh, you know, I mentioned earlier with Rashawn Gary, I mean, He's shown a little bit of promise this year, but last year he really didn't do much. Uh, and he, you know, that was a big, that was a big signing for Harbaugh. That was a big feather in his hat. That, you know, he showed a lot of ability, but never really took that next step. And that's kind of a guy you would expect to take that jump. You know, coming in super talented into the program. Uh, you expected him to be like completely dominant, and he just wasn't. You know, mm-hmm. he had guys like Taco Charlton who were better than better than he was. Uh, Chase Winovich was more impactful than than Gary as well. Uh, you know, and probably another guy that had an impact in the NFL is Jabril Peppers. But if you think about it, well, he was only there for what one year of Harbaugh. Mm, I think it was two. Two, now but I'm... even even then, like. He's not like anything amazing in the NFL. He's pretty solid, but I mean, yeah. he plays for the Giants, so it's kind of hard to gauge that. <laughs> <laughs> it was it <laughs> like was a, two years. It was two years. Yeah, like I said, really only some offensive linemen have really panned out good mm-hmm. in the pros that Harbaugh's had. Uh, man, quarterback's a big glaring thing. Oh yeah, Jake, Jake Rudock, best one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, first one. <laughs> that he got to transfer and then he's lost uh several have moved on uh McCaffrey and then others so yeah yeah i mean not not saying that well McCaffrey i think has the greatest uh hopes of doing anything the other ones that moved on you know not expected to really move on to the NFL but yeah no i mean i agree with it too i i Maybe like in some of the details, I think some things uh, were maybe better with some specific players and everything. But in the general discussion, yeah, I mean, that I don't see how that can be a selling point for Harbaugh or the program on saying, hey, we put players into the NFL. And it's just like, well, yeah, but you have all these other great players that you don't develop like it's not it's not random, but it's not, I don't know. It's not a strong point. I I don't know how you could try to communicate that and sell it and market that uh, unless you're going over by like the span of the program. Yeah. If you go over the span of the program, it looks impressive. You've had some amazing players through the history of Michigan football in the NFL. Mm. But if you look at the years that Harbaugh has been there, it's not anything. I mean, I, I don't see it. No. Yeah. And you, I mean, you look at the players that come from, you know, Clemson and Alabama and Auburn, uh, you know, even like Texas A&M and, you know, another school too is like Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, man, like, Miami's never really anything special in college, but when they produce pros, the pros end up being pretty good. Yeah, Notre Dame. <laughs> if uh, I mean, if you're a wide receiver coming out of LSU, you're automatically good, it seems like. Yeah. Like, right. how many are there? 
<laughs> yeah. Yep. So, and I know that some of those are those huge uh, class schools and everything, but still, like at the same time, I mean, but I, I mean, that might be one of the huge glaring issues. I know that Stephen mentioned culture too, but is just like the development. Like, okay, mm-hmm. sure, you can land these guys, and yeah, they're going to play well, but you're not going to get the program to a Big Ten championship game or beating Ohio State until you develop these guys. I mean, it's like hand-in-hand hand right there, where it's just like you're not going to get one without accomplishing the other one first. So yeah. uh, that, I mean, to quite possibly and i mean i have i haven't thought about this right now before we started recording but quite possibly the two biggest glaring issues are culture and development mm-hmm. now there are plenty of other issues to take into consideration with like coaching play calling um and the list goes on but if you take care of those two issues with culture and player development those could help you know put a band-aid on some of those other issues not not necessarily fix them because that's not really something a player is going to fix uh some of those other things but yeah no i mean that's kind of interesting to point out and talk about so anything else brandon before we move on no i don't think so i was just the last thing i thought about was uh you know, in the time that Harbaugh's been at Michigan, North Dakota State has produced um, better quarterbacks than Harbaugh has. <laughs> Think about That's... that. Carson Wentz, Easton Stick, and uh, Trey Lance is going to be coming out this year. That's bad. And all three of those guys are better than anything Harbaugh's had. Mm-hmm. Jeez. <laughs> All right, well, on that sad, depressing note, let's uh, let's move forward. All right, guys, this, this is my last phone call based on the new guidelines you put up. Not Brandon, Caleb. But, but yeah, I also wanted to talk about another thing. When you look at the University of Michigan, just a basketball team. Now, does basketball have the same amount of players as football? No, they don't. But have y'all noticed how Michigan is slowly – Trending towards being a bas- basketball school now. Coach Jawan Howard is, um, he's got guys that love each other, that want to play for each other. Um, he's starting, starting uh, almost new. He doesn't have a lot of returning starters. But the reason I say that is because when you have a coach who cares about winning, who cares about the program, who, who wants guys that love each other and that want to play for each other, they can accomplish a lot. Um, I'm interested to see Hunter Dickinson versus Luke Garza. That's going to be something because Hunter Dickinson, he's he's a grown man. Even though he's young, he's a grown man. I like him. But the, the, just the difference in philosophy when it comes to basketball and football in Michigan. It just seems like one coach is having fun and Juwan Howard, one coach Juwan Howard, and one coach is not. It, it just seems to be all about the money. Like, I don't even dislike Coach Harbaugh. I, I mean, I actually have Coach Harbaugh's phone number, which is crazy. But I ain't going to tell you how I got it. But, man, it, it's, it's like it doesn't look like he's having fun, y'all. It looks like he's just out there, and it's a business. Like, I, you know, I do know this. I know a few commits want to leave. I know I know Junior Colson wants to decommit. His mom won't let him. 
Xavier Worthy, I think his mom is saying, no, she values education more, so she's making him go through this Michigan commitment. But for him, for Coach Harbaugh to leave this university in limbo, man, over over a contract dispute, I mean, that's weird. Like, I don't know if he doesn't want to fire his staff or not, but the administration is pretty, you know, pretty concrete. That staff has to go, man. A lot of those guys can't come back. Um, and, and, you know, it's Saturday right now. He still hasn't signed the contract. I'm glad a lot of those commits are committing to Michigan and not, and not him because, you know, it's just a lot, man. I don't want to go to speculating anything, but Coach Harbaugh has become the problem. I know people talk about, you know, Brady Hoke, whatever. Coach Harbaugh's best years were with Brady Hoke's players. And he can't seem to win with his own, but he won with Brady Hoke's guys. See, see, this stuff starts to come out. Like, a lot of these players don't really like Michigan. They're not happy. You know, I forgot the center. Was it Carpenter? The guy who just transferred out of nowhere, the center. Like, there's something, it's something's not right in that locker room, man. I don't know if Coach Harbaugh's rubbing people the wrong way, but something's going on. And I hope they get I just want them to get it fixed, man. Go blue. All right, Stephen, thanks for the voicemails uh, as usual. Appreciate it. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, that goes back to the culture thing and, uh, and all that as well. And here it is Wednesday that we're recording, and there's still no contract signed. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so for those people out there, too, which I don't get this, where they become oblivious and blind to certain things, but it, it's a two-way street. It's... If a contract's not signed, I mean, unless Michigan is totally just trying to screw over Jim Harbaugh, Jim can sign it. You know, what What are we waiting on here? Uh, I know that nobody really knows, but at the same time, it's just like it should be a priority to try to get this done as soon as possible to be able to help with recruits. Now it's past that. I mean, it's it's done. But, I mean, what – what was going on there? Was it Jim Harbaugh's ego? Was it something with the school? I, some just doesn't seem right. Like there are a bunch of other places that that would not happen at. Yeah. So, um, yeah. <clears throat> Transferring, uh, rumors, decommitments and things like that. I mean, that goes back to culture. Uh, trying to remember everything that you mentioned in there. Crap. There was something I was going to mention. I, I tend to believe that Harbaugh is going to be coming back for next year. Um, just now how it's transpired since last time record, we recorded an episode. Mm-hmm. Um, an interesting thing. I mention him all the time, but Scott Bell on Twitter, if you're a Michigan fan and you want to keep up with things and you don't follow him, you should. He usually has some pretty interesting stuff and he's got a crazy personality. But uh, he shared just kind of like, a little random interesting thing. It was from earlier today, so maybe something took place after this. But he tweeted about co- Michigan coaches that were active on actively tweeting during National Signing Day and ones that were not. Um, so Ed Warner, Josh Gaddis, Sharon Moore, and Jay Harbaugh were all active on Twitter. That was as of like noon or one o'clock or something. So maybe something happened after that. But and he even said, you know, I mean, this doesn't mean anything, but it could. So, um, who knows? Maybe signs of things to come. But, yeah, the worst 
and I've said this at least last week, if not for several weeks now, the worst case scenario for Michigan in 2021 is this whole entire coaching staff comes back. Absolutely worst case scenario. Um, If in the least, I would say you you need to see Don Brown gone. uh, And that's in, in a very least. Like this recruiting class and the way the defense has performed ever since 2016 the end of 2016 has just been pathetic. Yeah, um, it'd be nice if you could enter the transfer portal. Right? <laughs> um, oh, man. What else was I going to say with that? So, Brandon, any any initial thoughts? I know I kind of rabbit trailed there a little bit <laughs> after uh, Steven's voicemail. Um, yeah, I mean, there's definite difference between the basketball program now and the football program. And I think, you know, some of it is too, that football's the big money maker. And I think that, uh, you know, Harbaugh's got a little more pressure on him than Juwan Howard does. Uh, I kind of saw, you know, where the football program is like the cake and, you know, the basketball program is just kind of the icing on top of it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, you want to throw, I'll continue my analogy with the hockey program being like the sprinkles. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the football program is going to make the most money. It is what Michigan's really known for. And uh, that's where all the recognition, all the focus is going on. And, you know, they, you know, the school wants the football team to be dominant they want them to succeed so you know harbaugh is probably you know after like the first couple seasons he's probably on the hot seat and you know he's got the magnifying glass on him so i could kind of see that having a big role in it where you know like the basketball program they're like you know if we're good then great uh if not i mean we still have football to like fall back on i kind of see as and, you know, not taking anything away from the basketball program. I mean, they've been great for the last few years, you know, with uh, Beeline taking some of those teams that were maybe not the most talented, but getting them to the Final Four into the national championship twice. Um, I mean, that was a fun ride. Just watching those games was a blast. Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm pretty excited to see what, you know, Howard can do with all the recruits that he's getting. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, like you said, there's there's a huge difference in just morale. And I think that has to do with just the pressure that Harbaugh has been feeling. Uh, yeah. And thank you for bringing that up because I knew there was something I hadn't touched on. And yeah, that that comparison between basketball and football. Um, yeah, there's the pressure to uh, I think personalities kind of as well. Um, I think it's a lot easier to control a culture of what, like 15 guys. Yeah. Then how many guys for football? 80? Like yeah, probably close to it. I know the <clears throat> NFL like preseason roster is like 75 and I think college is more than that. So, yeah. So I think that's easier to control. Um, I mean, it's crazy how things can impact culture. Um, I remember listening to Rich Rod's podcast when he talked about Jim Harbaugh and everything, and he mentioned when he went to Michigan that 
they the locker room was actually separated between scholarship players and walk-ons. Oh man. And and he was just like, um, no. This <laughs> I don't like this. And he changed that. I don't know if things changed after he he left, but yeah, so they're just like weird things and uh, just anything could impact it. Um, but another thing though too is just like if uh, Jim Harbaugh is just coming back for next year. Like, I don't know if he doesn't sign an extension or if he's just like coming in for his final year, or what exactly is happening. Like it has to be basically like do or die. If we see Jim Harbaugh of 2017, 18, 19, 20, um, I, I'm just basically call it just be like, okay, we're going to be maybe seeing Michigan win eight games, maybe if it's a full <laughs> yeah. season, maybe if it's a full season. Um, but I would find that doubtful because it's just like, uh, even as Stephen was saying, like no intensity, no, no passion. And if he continues that in, then it's, it's done. Uh, unless he completely revamps, revamps the coaching staff and lets somebody else breathe some light into this program. Uh, he is going to choke it out. He is yeah. he's going to suffocate it. Yeah, and I think, honestly, it should be a, you need to fire Don Brown or you're fired. <laughs> yeah. That's what needs to be brought down to. Um, you know, get the job done or we're moving on from all of you because you need to stop, like, holding on to this guy's hand. You need to stop being so loyal to your guys and realize that it's really hurting your program yeah well football is one of those i mean technically really any job it's just like if you're not performing like yeah sure sure in some companies and everything you can kind of switch your responsibilities and some stuff like that Mm -hmm. but essentially like once you get to the point where you are hurting the production of your company or in sports your team then you's gots to go because that is just going to make things more difficult on everybody. And nobody likes working in that kind of environment or playing in one like that. So, and that's, and maybe that's honestly kind of what's going on where they went to Jim Harbour and said, Hey, you know, we've got this deal for you, but you have to get rid of Don Brown. And maybe he's, uh, trying to go through that. Now, here's one thing that I go back to because I heard this when I think it was actually before Jim Harbaugh had his first presser where some of the things were slow and developing at the beginning because he wanted to make sure that Brady Hoke was treated well on his way out. Like he wasn't fired early, gotten rid of, disgraced or anything like that. Like it seems like he has the sentiment of, I want these other people to find, uh, uh, man, who's, who's the guy? Oh, why am I blanking on his name? Who's the offensive guy that we, everybody wanted to get rid of? Um, can't remember his name. Uh, <laughs> everybody listening to this is going to be like, you guys are idiots. I know. Drevno. Yeah. There you go. Um, where it's just like Drevno, um, was they, uh, it looked like, Hey, easy fire him, get rid of him. But instead of that, what he like announced the job change 
and Mm -hmm. then Michigan had a a job vacancy. And it seems like that is how Michigan and or Jim Harbaugh likes to handle this, where it's just like, hey, I'm not going to fire somebody. I'm just going to tell them, hey, you got to find another job. And then when they find another job, then we move somebody else in, which is an absolutely horrible way to do it. Because then you pin yourself in a corner where you don't know when they're going to get a new job. You don't know when you can pick up somebody new and things of that nature. So if that's the way, so part of me tends to think that maybe that's what's happening with Don Brown, where it's just like, okay, Don Brown is going to find a different job and then he's going to go. And then we're going to take the next step. Again, like I said, if that's the, and I'm just speculating here from what has occurred in the past. So I would not be surprised that if Jim Harbaugh stays and Don Brown does not, that you see Don Brown announce that he's taking a different job before you see um, a new coach hired for Michigan for defensive coordinator. So, but anyways, that is what it is. Today was the early signing day and everything. I'm not going to get into it because I'm not on top of recruiting. If you want recruiting information, input, feedback, there's plenty of information out there, plenty of coverage. Everybody's talking about it on a podcast. Go for it. Knock yourself out. There were 20 uh, student athletes that signed to the 2021 20, uh, football recruiting class for Michigan. I think that's pretty much all I'm going to let like mention about that. Yeah. Unless, unless I know Brandon, you love recruiting so much and are just a <laughs> wealth of knowledge. It's a crap shoot, dude. <laughs> they're a bunch of teenagers coming in that they're signing. Like no one knows if they're going to pan out or not. Yeah. Who knows if they're going to pan out. And then of course, who knows until the letter is signed, if they're actually going to come. So. Yep. They can back out pretty much at any time. Yep. And so, then if they're going to stay, they could just transfer. Yeah. The free transfer rule. But anyways, um, yeah, that's I think that's kind of enough for Michigan football. There, there's going to be plenty, and we will get to it. Uh, and actually, probably when we plan to talk about it more, uh, there should be more information known by then so we can stop having these speculations and what about this? What about this? And actually be able to talk about some solid concrete facts. So, but there's still Lions football. Yeah. Um, oh, well, one Hooray. quick thing to mention is that there's the small possibility, tiny, that somehow Michigan would go to a bowl game, but I don't think that that's possible. <laughs> I mean, somebody said that about selecting them because Michigan's a big program that people are going to watch. But I think there's, you know, they're probably going to do some kind of a win requirement. And two wins, I'm pretty sure, is not going to cut it. Yeah. It'd be like the toilet bowl. Yeah. I, I don't want wa- to watch that. No. It'd probably be one of those weird ones that's on at like 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. like, like Who wants to watch that crap? Yeah. Ain't nobody uh, got time for that. Yeah. All right. So sweep that under the rug. Let's go ahead and talk about Lions, because that's so much better. Hooray. Yeah. Uh, So they play at Tennessee versus the Titans on Fox at 1 p.m. on Sunday. 
Oh man, this game. This one could get ugly. <laughs> <laughs> if Stafford doesn't play, this one could get ugly. Uh, right. What are the Lions terrible against? The run? Uh, who does Tennessee have? Derrick Henry, who has 1,532 yards rushing and 14 touchdowns. <laughs> uh, they also have Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. He's got 3,209 yards. 28 touchdowns and five interceptions. Uh, leading receivers are A.J. Brown and Corey Davis. Uh, Brown has 837 yards and nine touchdowns. Uh, Davis has 835 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, Harold Landry has four and a half sacks. Uh, that is a guy that the Lions could have drafted numerous times during that draft, and they didn't want to. Um and the secondary, Malcolm Butler and Amani Hooker both have three interceptions. And Kevin Byard, the um, safety, has 87 tackles, which leads the team. Um, yeah, like I said, this one could get ugly. Tennessee is one of the better teams in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, they're kind of two-faced at times. Uh, but... You know, they got manhandled by the Browns. I, I, I'm not sure what that was about. <laughs> I don't know if you saw any of that game. No, I did not. Yeah, but then, like, they come out and they dominate other teams. So I don't really know what's going on with them. Um, yeah, the Browns beat them 41-35. to 35. I mean, it, not really much of a manhandling, but still. And then they've had other games, like, against the Colts. Uh, 34 to 17. So they're kind of like up and down team, I guess. They lost to the Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> One of the few uh, teams to lose to the Bengals. But they've beaten teams like the Bills, who are pretty good. They beat them 42 to 16. So you never really know who's going to show up, I guess, uh, which team. But I do think that they're probably going to throttle the Lions. I don't. Especially, like I said, if Stafford doesn't play, uh, they said he's got a rib cartilage injury. Whatever the heck that means. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like, if he's got, like, a strain or if it's just a fancy way of dancing around saying he's got cracked ribs. Because (laughs) the Lions like to do that. The Lions are so weird with their injury reports. Like, they'll say that someone has a... um, a brain injury instead of saying they have a concussion. It's like, yeah, let's make this sound like the guy's brain dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they like I wouldn't make... time. They like to hide Stafford's injuries too. Like how he played a few games of the broken back a couple of years ago. Oh yeah. Like yeah. who knows if he doesn't play, it could get ugly. Um, Man, I'm just, I'm really not expecting this to be a good game. Yeah, well, at this point in the season, I don't expect him to play. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would kind of save him for next year because you know the Lions aren't going to get rid of him. Yeah, you, <laughs> they're, yeah, they're you not. <laughs> if he was a receiver or running back, you know they would screw up the deal. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, so Tennessee's nine and four. The Lions are five and eight. Honestly, the Lions should just kind of focus on losing the next few games and you know trying to get a better draft pick. 
Yeah, just let it go. Shh, let it go. Let it go. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, yeah, I um I am right there with you that this is probably not going to go well. As I said, I don't expect that Stafford will play. So it is probably going to be on the side of worse than not so worse or not so bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it's going to be another Sunday barreling through a rough lines game to watch. Yeah. Um, yeah, I read that Stafford said he's not counting himself out for Sunday. Um, I mean, if there's anything that Stafford is, it's tough. But yeah. Sometimes I think he should probably just sit down. Yeah. <laughs> what was it the game against the Panthers where he had the injured hand and he played? Um, yeah. He probably should have sat down for that one because he scored zero points. Yeah. Chase just, Daniel probably could have did that. Mm-hmm. Just take a timeout, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I mean... Uh... Oh man, I don't know. So many, so many things going on, and I'm trying to. I'm kind of like looking at this and thinking about uh, fantasy. I'm getting distracted by fantasy football because <laughs> it's more interesting than the Lions. <laughs> Pretty and usual. Michigan, for that matter. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah, I guess you want to get into scores. Yeah, let's go ahead. Uh, so we got just the Lions to do, of course, but yeah, we'll do score predictions. Uh, I don't have an over-under for this, but uh, the Lions or the Titans are favored by 10.5 points, which is a larger spread than normal. Usually they kind of put the Lions in there at like three or five points, you know, one possession game. But this is so crazy. They're putting them at two possession game. Watch (laughs) out. So, Brandon, uh, if you want to start first with your score prediction. Oh man, I, I it's like I said, it's hard to pick with the Titans because you never know which team's going to show up. But I feel like their strengths are going to exploit the Lions' weaknesses. Like that's just it's a recipe for disaster. Um, I don't think Stafford's going to play. But with that being said, I think the Lions will be able to at least get some points. Um, I think it's going to be 28 to 13 Titans. I, uh, I really I really can't see a situation where the Titans score less than four touchdowns <laughs> against that atrocious defense that the Lions have. Yeah. 13 to 28. Gotcha. Um... Well, I am thinking that the Lions will score a little bit more, and so will the Titans. Actually, I have them both scoring one extra touchdown. So I have Lions 20, Titans 35. All right. So um, I can give you the spread here. So Tennessee is favored by 11 with the over-under of 51 and a half. Okay, 51 and a half. Yeah, my... Mine is coming in from the app that I use at ten and a half for the spread. So ten and a half, eleven. Usually they stick pretty close between different uh, whichever ones you use. But the over under you said was fifty one and a half. Yeah. Okay. 
This I get mine from ESPN. ESPN. The Ocho. Oh, yeah, so we can mention how I jacked up my lock of the week. Yeah, that was that was gorgeous, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I if I were you, I don't know if I would uh, bet on sports anytime soon. <sighs> yeah, because I mean, my locks are always just epic failures. But the pack, the fact that I picked one that was like the week prior, <laughs> and didn't um, realize I did it. Well, no, you, you, uh, I went back and checked. You, you had the, uh, the Saints and the Eagles. That was this week. Did you? Uh, dude, I am so lost. I don't even remember. Oh. Wait, nope. <laughs> Hold on. No, you had, yeah, you had Saints Eagles, and that was this week. Mm, maybe I just, had some old notes in there or something and thought I did one of the previous week. No, no. I, I went, I was looking at it tonight and I was just like, oh yeah. So no, you had, yeah, you had Saints Eagles, but I mean, you were wrong. I was wrong again, <laughs> but, but you did have the right week. So. Yeah. Yup. Um, do you want to do, do you want to venture out with a lock for this week? I, I guess I can put my neck out there. Um, there's so many interesting ones to choose from. I am going to try this. I am going to pick the Browns to cover the five-point spread over the Giants. Okay. I don't know what's going on with the Giants lately. They've kind of come alive, but I think it's all smoke and mirrors. Okay. I do not see that team being good. <sighs> You did bet against them once before. That is the Sunday night game. Yeah. I bet against the Jets a couple times too, and that didn't work. Bit you in the butt. Uh so you said it was negative five? Yeah. Okay. Um this week is a little bit tricky because of canceled games and so on and so forth. But I am I think the best one to take is Maryland covering negative two and a half versus Michigan State. <laughs> eh? I mean, Maryland hasn't even played all that many games this year, but the other ones are not looking all that great. I don't have any information on Nebraska uh, Rutgers, which I probably wouldn't even take anyways, but Northwestern and Ohio State, I mean, that's tough because I kind of have a sense that Ohio State's going to go out there and just try to obliterate them for a chance to get into the playoffs. But at the same time, I could see Northwestern putting up a good, a decent fight. Yeah. Um, and keeping it closer than the 21 point spread. So, and then you've got Penn state, which has been hot garbage up and down all over the place. And then Wisconsin, Minnesota. So yeah, I, I don't know. I'm going on a big limb here with Maryland, Michigan state. So, um, well, and then we have our last part, which is questions of the week. I'm not even going to attempt anything for Michigan because I mean, it is what it is. Um, so then Brandon, you get to like have it all to yourself for question of the oh. week. What do you got for lines? Um, 
man, it was pretty simple to pick this, kind of similar to last week. Will Derrick Henry rush for over 100 yards versus the Lions? And I am going to say yes. Just doing 100 yards? Yep. <laughs> you never know, because sometimes the Lions can pull something out of their butt and kind of just, you know, who knows, Tannehill could go out there and just be throwing bombs over and over and over. True. I... I'm going with the yes, though, too. I mean, like, I could easily see over 100. If you went 125, I'd question it. 150, I uh, would definitely be pushing it. But 100, I feel like, is going to be pretty easy with uh, this garbage Lions stiff. Yep. So, um, yeah. Well, We both got it right last week. Yeah, we did. Because Adams so. went over 100. I wasn't sure if he was going to there for a little bit. Yeah. In the first then, half, I'm like, this guy is going to get 200. <laughs> and then, like, Rodgers, like, didn't throw to him until had, the, towards the end of the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah, and then he had another big game, so. Yeah. All right, so you ready for our special announcement? Yeah. All right, so um, since 2020 has been the blessing that it has been that nobody saw coming um and it's been so up and down with content for the podcast since michigan football for the most part is officially done and there are three more games for lines correct yep three more uh what we are actually going to do is we are going to postpone future episodes until the conclusion of the lion season so we're going to do a wrap-up episode for Michigan and the Lions the week of January 4th through the 8th. Um, so that's... 2020 has been weird with giving you weird stuff with sports and work and life in general. And so here it comes to you for the podcast as well. So we had a weird start to the podcast and we're going to have a weird finish. But that is pro- that is going to be the thing. We're going to have uh, kind of like our big wrap up for everything that first full week in January to wrap up the talking about the Lions and Michigan and probably I don't know if we'll uh, no I'm sure I know that we'll talk about kind of like looking forward to what might happen in 2021. So. Because that's definitely going to be part of the conversation. Anything else to add about that, Brandon? Or no, I don't think so. I guess, man, what a what a disappointing season. Oh man, I know it, it was such a bummer because this year sucked. March Madness got canceled. Then everybody was op- optimistic about football still happening, and then football happened, and you knew it was going to be a little rough and everything. But then it just laid the turd that it did uh, overall for sports in general. But then Michigan football was just like the cherry on top, where it was uh, that was it. It was like the straw that broke the camel's back, and yeah, I lost interest after week two. Of Michigan, yeah. You lose to Michigan State. I'm like, yep, this team sucks. <laughs> I lost. Michigan State isn't good. Yeah, I lost interest after week three just because I knew that Michigan was so stupid that you know maybe it was a fluke thing playing Michigan State because they like to do that mm-hmm. where they're actually good, but then they don't play, play well against Michigan level. State. 
Yeah. yeah, but then when they lost to Indiana, which, you know, credit to Indiana, Indiana's not a bad team this year, but still, uh, then I was just like, no, this this is not going to go well. So, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, don't, uh, if anybody wants to leave voicemails, uh, I would wait until everything is done, like I said. And we'll probably put on social media, too, like a reminder, hey, you know, next week is going to be a wrap-up episode and everything. But, yeah, we're we're doing that episode the week of January 4th to the 8th. So nothing, no episodes from now until then. But, yeah, I will be, I know, like, I'm never a believer of the whole like, oh, it's going to be a new year and all this new stuff and everything. Like, I, I don't know. I never really care too much about that. New Year's, uh, the holidays always can be fun. But this year, I actually, I don't know. I, I'm just ready to be done saying it's 2020. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not expecting that anything's going to actually change, but just like it's, it's going to feel nice to be not saying that anymore. Yeah, that's for sure. So, uh, hopefully, uh, until we record and everything, there can be some good football in general that everybody can enjoy, whether it's college or professional uh, NFL or both. But yeah, we will uh, catch you guys in January. And as always, we will finish off with Go Blue. Go Blue. <laughs>